Aiding on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Have you heard that there will be two new roundabouts going on Tuscarora Street West here in the city of Canton near Altman Hospital? Now, I know some of you, you, you've made your voices known on social media, but why don't you hear it out? Why don't you find out what the details are? And I personally think roundabouts are great for traffic flow, and they're a better way to prevent crashes and improve uh, the safety in the area. But joining us to break it down and let us know what all these projects mean to you, the residents of Canton, is Assistant Engineer with the city of Canton, Nick Lucas. Nick, how are you this morning? Good, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for taking the time to come on. I, I understand that, that you did a presentation a couple days ago uh, with John Hyman, the public service director, about these roundabouts. Can What did that pre- presentation consist of? We uh, presented to council um, our, you know, our, our vision and the project here for... Um, the upcoming improvement project on Tusk, uh, you know, West Tuscarora Street um, in the vicinity of the hospital. So um, we're looking at a project between, uh, you know, roughly Broad and Arlington uh, along on Tusk, and which would include um, the, the, biggest, the biggest features are the, the two roundabouts kind of bookending the project at, at uh, Broad and Arlington, um, and then a, a center uh, median between the two. Um, that would, uh, I guess, do two things, prevent left turns, uh, you know, in between on the roads and also provide a, uh, a refuge for crossings, for pedestrian crossings. Okay, so th- this this will, in a sense, kind of slow down traffic as well to make sure that uh, pedestrians aren't, aren't crossing. And if they are, they're, they're not getting hit as well. I mean, I, I see all the time now, Nick, Unfortunately, people jaywalking across Tusk Street. This should right. prevent that some. It will. What it will hopefully do is provide uh, you know some defined crossings so that it's um, you know and, and fairly you know, and more evenly spaced. You know, if there's a signal, people you know all of us you know may not want to walk an extra few hundred feet to get to that signal to cross. So you know, look for ways to get across the street. Um, in between, and so what this will do is provide there'll be unsignalized crossings, but um, you know, as you said, if traffic slows down and you have a refuge in the middle, you only have to worry about traffic in one direction to get across to that that middle center island. And then you can look the other direction, only need to cross a couple more. So the combination of having the vehicle slowing down because of the roundabouts and having those shorter crossing differences, and then a, a relatively safe place to stand, you know, in between, uh, should greatly improve pedestrian safety when it comes to crossing Tusk. So the, these roundabouts would be at the intersections near Broad Avenue or at the intersections of Broad Avenue and Arlington Avenue. How right. did you guys come to that decision to put them within that one mile stretch and not somewhere else? Yeah, the so the west side, uh, that was a big part of our planning process and our safety 
uh, studies that we performed, uh, the offset there of Broad and Dartmouth. So you have a lot of uh, traffic coming from the hospital, especially in Dartmouth on the south side there. You know, it's just a little offset from Broad and obviously a lot of traffic coming from Broad from the north. So we really wanted to, one of the focuses initially was aligning that intersection into one intersection. Um, just, it's, it's not good now, you know, with that offset and left turns and things like that. So that was, that, uh, on that end, that's how we made that determination. On the east end, there was a lot of um, discussions with the hospital uh, and their plans. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is put this kind of investment in, and it, um, you know, doesn't uh, jive with what, uh, you know, what the hospital wants to do, um, and, you know, in their development. So we worked with them a lot on determining, kind of determining that location, and through those discussions, uh, Arlington was the uh, the best location for that. So this isn't going to cause any kind of uh, traffic impediment for uh, for the ambulances as they're trying to come and go from the hospital, is it? No. It, and that was one the one place there will be a break in the median is at um, Clarendon so that mm. uh, ambulances and other emergency vehicles can make the left. So that would be the one place you're allowed to make a left in this is for ambulances to be able to heading west on Tusk to be able to turn left into, um, you know, on to Clarendon and then get to the, the emergency room there. Um, and there's also, uh, you know, working with the hospital to make sure, you know, to, to just be sure the access to the emergency, especially the emergency room, the hospital as a whole, but especially the emergency room will be, uh, you know, easily accessible and maintained for uh, not just emergency vehicles, but just the public who, you know, drives there. Now, I know there's people who are listening to this that are shaking their heads right now, Nick, and, and they're saying, oh, do we really need a roundabout? Roundabouts are dangerous. Now, I disagree because I, I think roundabouts really improve traffic flow, and, and I'd rather a roundabout than having to sit, wait there uh, to, to get an opening and turn left at, at a red light or at a stop sign or just any intersection. Why do you feel as though roundabouts do improve the safety? Are there studies to back uh, to back what you guys are saying when you you say that this is for safety and traffic improvements? Yes, there there are um, there's studies for both uh, both of those for efficiency, you know, at the intersection and for safety. Um, you know, the design we're working on for these roundabouts. Uh, the studies have shown there's a 76 percent reduction in injury crashes when you put this type of roundabout in, uh, you know, as compared to uh, an intersection that's either unsignalized um, or, or signalized or uh, even some different uh, maybe older style, maybe not roundabouts, but traffic circles and things like that. So what we're doing, we're really, uh, you know, we're confident that it will reduce, uh, reduce crashes um, significantly. And that's, you know, we're not, we're not reinventing the wheel. I, I mentioned that to council. Um, you know, using roundabouts on this type of corridor, even in the vicinity of a hospital with a median, uh, the consultant who did the study for us uh, did a project very similar to this in a, another part of the state, I believe in the Toledo area, um, you know, roundabouts with a median outside of a hospital, a major hospital. So, uh, you know, there's a, not a lot we're doing here that's, um, uh, you know, anything that hasn't been done, not just elsewhere, but even in, within the state. So... Um, we've seen, you know, based on uh, the studies, but then, you know, actually seeing the results of some of these other projects that they've been both safer and more efficient. Well, I'm I'm happy to hear that the study is going into it and 
and there you do have those facts to back it up. $2 million, is that typical, though, to spend on the planning and design work of this? Because that sounds steep, but I, I mean, it sounds like you guys are looking into every nook and cranny when it comes into uh, the this project. Right. And, yeah, with a, you know, a project of this magnitude where you're looking in the you know, $18 million to $25 million range um, for the construction, you know, the, the $2 million you know, approximately 10% of the project is, is in line with a typical project that you have. It's, it's so involved when it comes to, um, you know, not just laying out the roadway, but dealing with the utilities. You know, this project includes replacing the water line, replacing sanitary sewer, um, analyzing the drainage. There's drainage issues uh, to the west that we hope to, uh, that we've worked on to the west, but we hope to, you know, help alleviate even more here with this project so when you get into all the nitty-gritty you know that the the flashy thing when and every, what everybody sees is the roundabout and the median going in but there's a lot of you know a lot of other things like the utilities that that, that you never see you know kind of take for granted um that also goes into this project yeah it, it does sound like like it's a lot when i saw two million i was thinking all right this has got to be a little bit more than just yeah. dro- <laughs> dropping two uh two right. big roundabouts in <laughs> yeah and you know, and also on a project project of this magnitude, um, we're kind of taking it to another level as far as public um, information and public involvement, and uh, you know, informational website and signage. So there's a lot, even even more than a normal project that may be going through a neighborhood. You know, maybe just doing sidewalks and storm sewer in a neighborhood. This one is. Um, you know, it just it affects so many people, and not just the, you know people along the corridor, but people that pass through every day, people that visit the businesses in that area. That uh, it's kind of another level of not just designing it on the engineering side, but you know, almost the marketing PR end of it, just to help get information out and help people understand. All right, let, let's get down to the nuts and bolts of it. I know people are they're they're wondering, Nick. And I hate to put you on the spot. How how's it funded? Right, you know how? Where's the 18 million coming from that the the total cost would be? Um, where's that money coming from? So we currently have uh, a little over seven million in uh, in state money or federal money, excuse me, through our local uh, MPO, the Municipal Planning Organization that that is SCAT, um, and that's that's the 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 big kind of money that got us started. Uh, some of the money that is included in that total cost has been spent already. Excuse me. We received um, uh, some safety funding from the state. Uh, we went with an initial safety study uh, to get uh, money to do a bigger study. You know, and that was about three quarters of a million in safety money from the state to help us get to this point. Um, and also, there's uh, various local funds. Um, excuse me. Sorry about that. Oh, you're um, good. Yeah, various local funds in uh, capital, uh, I think our comprehensive plan funds, uh, you know, in the neighborhood funds, some of those, uh, I don't want to say cobbled together, but <laughs> strategically put together um, to meet the needs. And uh, and the project, since it's spread over a number of years, this isn't, you know, taking all the money that we have for, for roads and things like that and putting it into one year. It's spread out uh, when you're talking about the design now, and then you get into a right-of-way acquisition um, and then, you know, the, ultimately the construction. So those are the funds that we have committed now. We're also currently, we, we applied for a grant, a federal grant, 
uh, to to make up uh, not to say the the difference, but to increase some of what we do. Um, it's, it's a raise grant, it's called, uh, from the federal level. So we've been working with um, Senator Brown's office uh, on that. Uh, they've, they've assisted us in uh, some of that, and we've spoken with our uh, Representative Sykes office also to try to get some support for there, and they've been very supportive to us to, to get the raise grant. So we currently uh, are waiting. Uh, they're, they're going through the selection process now, and we hope to know by June um, what, what the funding is there. And and w- the raise grant is $12 million, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so I, I, I appreciate that clarification then. Now, you said you have to go through the, the right-of-way acquisition portion of it. Once that is completed, when can we see construction starting right here on Tusk? We're looking at uh, late 25. So the right-of-way acquisition will start uh, late this year or early next year. And we'll go throughout 2024 um, and into 2025. So we're looking at uh, most likely a late 2025 start of construction. And should be con- concluded by summer of, of 26 or later in uh, 26? I would say probably in 20, more like 27. Okay. Um, it, it'll be a full, uh, probably two construction season type project. So, uh, you know, what they'll be able to start in 25 and potentially work throughout the winter is a lot of the underground work. You know, it's, there's a lot of moving of utilities that has to happen first. So that'll, that'll be what happens most likely, you know, late 25 and into 26. Then as we get into the, you know, the warmer weather in 26 is where you'll really see the, uh, you know, the roads taking form, you know, and the roundabouts taking form over the course of the year. Uh, and then, you know, into 27 is, kind of hopefully put the finishing touches on it as we get into, you know, spring and early summer of 27. Now, at any point, will there be major detours uh, on, on Tusk Street, or will people be able to utilize it for the whole time, the whole duration of construction? Yeah, our plan is to keep traffic maintained on Tusk throughout the time. So now it won't be four lanes of traffic necessarily throughout, um, but uh, – the, the goal is to keep at least uh, a lane of, you know, traffic open at all times on Tusk. Um, and that's mainly for access. You know, if people are driving through and commuting, um, that'll, you know, they'll probably want to find a different route, you know, during that time. I would, if I was driving through there, um, we would like people to find an alternate route just to reduce the traffic even. But the, the key to maintaining the access there, the, the lanes each way is really for access to the businesses, you know, make sure that they can, uh, their customers can get their still, make sure they can get the deliveries and everything, and maintaining access to the hospital the whole time. So, um, you know, obviously I, I mentioned the council, our, our top two priorities are maintaining, number one, access to the emergency room in the hospital, and number two, maintaining access to all the businesses through there. So that's, uh, you know, going to be a big part. Of, and even with the design, you mentioned that that two million dollars, you know, even working on how to maintain traffic during the project is a is a design in all of itself. Oh yeah, I, I definitely believe it, Nick. Yeah. We we really appreciate you coming on breaking all this down because it sounds like a, a major project, which it is, and I I think people just want a little bit more clarification. And um, I love roundabouts. I think that they make traffic flow so much better. And if you're not a drive in them, they're they're great. Uh, they're just great tools to utilize. 
we we agree. We hope uh, <laughs> we know they're not popular with everybody, but um, you know we really think it's it's a good uh, you know when it comes to just the safety and and getting everybody through there on task will be a, a good project for everybody. All right, Nick Lucas with the uh, City of Canton Engineers Department. Thanks so much. You stay safe, and we'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. Thanks for having me on.